Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we're here to say goodbye to a relatively complex legacy of General Colin Powell. Somebody who I think there's two big points that I want to kind of comb through. A person who had great charisma, gravitas, and a sense of integrity that he may have used for evil depending on where how you see it the first thing that i want to dig into before we talk about the iraq war and his legacy colin powell to me is one of the most important precursors to the barack obama presidency that there is in 1995 he was incredibly popular, incredibly famous. It seemed like the country was begging him to run for the presidency. And all these white people were like, oh, my God, you're the most exciting person in the country. We want you to be president. He was he his book, My American Journey, had just come out. He's touring the country, promoting the book. And thousands and thousands of people are showing up at his uh, book stops. And he was seriously thinking about running for the presidency. And he wrote a speech saying that he was going to run. And it seemed like it was his for the taking, that if he only said, okay, I'll run, then the job was his. Now, we've seen people enter the race seeming over, seeming like overwhelming favorites and sink immediately or sink over the long term, but he seemed like an incredible, um, an incredibly well-set-up candidate. It is my contention that the time America spent thinking about and envisioning him as president allowed people 12 years later to see Barack Obama in that role that much more easily. Obama had hurdles to get the American mind to understand that he could be their president. But Colin Powell broke down some of those doors. When we talk about, you know, this one walks so this one could run, I definitely think the 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 math that Colin Powell walked so Obama could run and win really does make sense. You know, I 
grew up in a household that was filled with Democrats. But Colin Powell's book was a fixture in my family's home because he was a Jamaican American and he was a New Yorker. And there was such pride in his presence um, and such pride in the respect that he commanded uh, that, you know, many people had not seen, right? Uh, a, a black man get such respect from so many dignitaries, presidents, um, and people around the world. And, you know, I think that his legacy is very complex, but one of the things that I tweeted after hearing of his passing was the fact that what I really, what I will remember about Colin Powell, and we'll go into what he knew or did not know and the, you know, the war criminals that he was in bed with, namely the Bushes and the Cheneys, um, is, is the fact that he saw the writing on the wall with regard to the Republican Party. He began to develop a real critical view and perspective of the Republican Party as, you know, Barack Obama was getting ready to run because it was, you know, and they, they kept playing the clips of him on Meet the Press and other news outlets, you know, saying you have the right ring, you know, the, the, the radical right referring to Barack Obama as a Muslim and all of these things. And he's just like, this is a man that's a general that has served, you know, beside and led all different types of men and women with different religious affiliations, ethnicities, you know, cultural backgrounds, and they still fought and died for this country. And so his, I remember, you know, because they were playing the clip and then I was reminded of it because I watched it in real time when he was just like, He's not a Muslim, but what if he was? Does that make him less American? And mm -hmm, if we remember, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. at the time that he's saying this, you know, we're we're not in we, we're 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 at the beginning stages of the tribalism and the the and the racism that we are seeing and experiencing now. But for Colin Powell to say that as a Republican, you know, coming and, and deciding publicly that he's going to endorse Barack Obama, that was a major, major moment. Right. To say, so what if mm -hmm. he was? Because are you making the assumption then the Republican Party that if you're serving this country, you're doing so as a Christian. Right. And that's it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and talking about the Khan family, which is the family that he had brought up. And remember, the Khans would then come on stage a decade, a decade later in defiance of, you know, Donald Trump and say, like, you are not my president, right? Like you with have the no constitution in their with pocket. the constitution in their pocket. And I didn't make the connection until they were playing the clip, at, you know, after Colin Powell's passing that, oh, my God, this is this family that then Donald Trump and the Republicans went after and would attack. Uh, at the at the RNC, like I'm just like this is wild. But he began to see that the party that he had been affiliated with, uh, you know, for his for his entire political life, like was unrecognizable. And I appreciated he was, that. He was absolutely emblematic and one of the leaders of that fringe of the Republican Party that was like, this is not right. This is not working. You guys are going off the deep end. You are anti-fact. You are anti-science. I am not going with you. Um, not only supporting Obama, 
but also publicly endorsing Hillary Clinton, which was a big deal at that time, publicly endorsing Joe Biden, um, which was a valuable deal, and publicly leaving the Republican Party after the 1-6 insurrection. Now, I, I don't know why it took him that long to officially leave the Republican Party. I think the Republican Party that could have elected Donald Trump, that right there, yeah. I'd be like, okay, yep. yeah, no, I, 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 I can't with you guys anymore. But perhaps he saw that he could continue to maintain some level of power to be able to say we are going in the wrong direction, that he could point that we're going the wrong direction from inside the party more effectively than from outside the party. But yeah, there is a sliver of Republicans, a small sliver, but there are some who are like, this is craziness. I still believe in the principles of Republicanism that we were coalescing around 15, 20 years ago, but where we are now is crazy, and I cannot go with you guys. Um, and and he was one of the leaders of that group, absolutely. And you look, when Obama was was rising in the election, you needed establishment figures to come forward and say, I trust this guy, we can listen to this guy. And Colin Powell was definitely somebody who gave some sliver of Republicans the the permission the sense of comfort to support Obama because Colin Powell had been there and done that on the national stage for many, many years. Obama was a not even one-term uh, senator. So he needed right. people right. like Colin Powell, like Teddy Kennedy, experienced veteran people to mm -hmm. say, I believe in this guy. He needed people to vouch for him. And Colin Powell was one of those important people who did that. You know, Hillary Clinton didn't need anybody to vouch for her. She's the most uh, experienced presidential candidate we've ever had. But she, but he also stood by and stood up for her when she needed people to stand with her. Do you think that, you know, I, I just want, as I'm listening to you and saying, you know, the validation that is needed when you're not seen, you know, you don't have that depth of knowledge and skill and, and definitely, you know, Barack Obama's rise was very meteoric, right? Like he, it was, it was huge and he needed those people. Do you think, I, I don't think that that matters anymore, right? Like, because no one has any values or anything like that. I just like, does it matter that a Colin Powell would say after one six, right after the Capitol is wrapped in smoke and, you know, hundreds of officers are, are beaten and, you know, and they're trying to hang Mike Pence, that now you're leaving the, the Republican Party. That didn't seem to really have the same the impact, right, that of this statesman, of this general Right. That at one time, decades prior, was, you know, everyone on both sides wanted Colin Powell to run for president. Like, did it matter that he left the party? Did it did it leave a mark? Well, that's a great question. I mean, you know, in so many ways, we are already hardened. We are already in our tribes. There are so few people who are fence sitters who are uh you know win or win overable from one side to the other who you know I, I mean like if you're a swing voter at this point i don't even know who you are or why you would be swinging because the parties are so 
ideologically, spiritually, um, functionally different. You, you know, I mean, like you, you seriously can't decide between uh, a football team and an ice skating team. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, like you know, clearly you like you like one or the other. If you like ice skating, then cool, roll with them. If you like football, but like you're like, oh, I don't know which one. Like, really? Like, you can't decide <laughs> right. between like, these you two can't parties. Decide. So does does anything move the needle? I mean, like through Trump, I was like, we on the left are at outrage uh, maximum, right? The 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 dial is already as far as it can go to the right. We cannot be, you know. I think that was from the campaign. We couldn't have been any more outraged. So all the things that he did, we can't be any more outraged. And the right was like, we accept him. You know, and they accepted him. His his approval number stayed steady, so that thirty four, thirty three percent of the country stayed with him no matter what. So they were like, "He's our guy." You know, he's cool. He's cool with us. We accept him. So, you know, we were in these unmoving groups. That was not really no further evidence was was necessary or could possibly shake us from our sides. So. Colin Powell saying, I'm leaving the Republican Party. I mean, like, good for him for finally saying, you know, enough is enough. I cannot have one more thing from you guys. But no, no, I don't think it moved anybody. Yeah, I just, you know, and it's funny because I always think about these fucking independents, right? Because that's who we're talking about, these middle of the road people. And I'm just like, the gap is just so wide that for you to say, I just don't know which direction to go in. I'm just like, at this state, like you just want attention, right? Like you're, you're I'm literally so the, the, the independent group is, is like a bunch of Kirsten cinemas and Joe mansions just wanting like the attention and the fucking oh fanfare God. at this well, that's point. Absolutely true. Um, that's okay. absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Susan Collins as well. They just, they want the attention and, and, and it works for them, but like, let's, let's move into the, 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 the trickier, stickier yes. part because Colin Powell was definitely considered somebody of tremendous integrity and Mm -hmm. somebody who was a straight shooter and somebody who was believed, especially for the folks on the left, there was no one on the right who we looked up to more, who we believed more, who we trusted more. If Rumsfeld said Saddam Hussein is about to shoot us with a nuclear weapon, we would have been like, "Mm -mm, I don't believe Mm. you. If yeah. George W. Bush had said it, we would have been like, mm, I don't know about you. Dick Cheney, we're like, oh, please get the fuck out of here. When Colin Powell went and said, they have the goods, they are about to complete making weapons of mass destruction, we have to go now. I think even folks who were against the Iraq war, even folks who did not believe, that he, it was like, wow, well, Colin, only Colin Powell could have shaken the argument. And because of who he was, the message coming from him made people rethink, maybe, maybe it loosened the other side and helped pave the way for the war that turned out to be completely unnecessary and what he told us was not true. And I think Mm -hmm. the first thing we have to start to unpack was, do you think 
that he knew he wasn't telling us the truth and he made a decision thinking you know a calculation like well the larger thing is more important so uh, you know or was he sufficiently incurious so that he could say what Cheney and Bush needed him to say um or did Cheney and Bush and Rumsfeld lie to him and he didn't know that he wasn't really telling us the whole truth I am going to take C for 400. I honestly really do believe, you know, because I think that. You think a military man didn't know? I, I think that Cheney, Rumsfeld, and Bush are deceptive. And I think that they knew that they needed somebody with character that they could make the salesman, right? to get their war over the top. I'm not saying that he was completely ignorant, but I don't think that they gave all of the information that was necessary. I think that he probably based what he knew about the region, what he's known uh, over his decades of experience, based on what these people were saying, and you believe, right, These are patriots. They're trying to protect, you know, our country and the world, right? From these, you know, from the axis of evil, right? That that's what they're doing. Um, And so they're like, we need you to go out there and say this. You know that this guy is dangerous. We got to go in there and get him. And he said, okay. Because unlike them, right? He apologized. Not like that brings back anybody from the dead, Right. But he apologized for being the being the voice, knowing that had he not said anything, had he not been, been it would have been harder for them to get their war. And, and, and it, it's it's you know, but it, it the, the the country was so hell bent on war, and the voices trying to say, "Wait a minute, don't go," were being demonized as unpatriotic you had democrats in in the senate and in congress were saying like yes we have you know i I mean like it was very much a lynch mob mentality and if you weren't with the lynch mob then you were also the enemy so they might have been able to get their support without him without colin powell but he definitely helped this show is part From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok. 
the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. I don't think the notion of they lied to him and he was unable with his knowledge and his connections, he was unable to find out what the truth was. I don't think that's a sufficient explanation. It doesn't, that does not pass the smell test to me. This is a military man. He could go to the Pentagon and say, hey, like, what's really going on over there? You know, he surely knew people who were generals, uh, you know, who were like in that area or had knowledge of that area. I suspect that he he knew that we have a significant problem. And if I I I, it is okay to exaggerate. Or let me say not say exaggerate. It's okay to speculate about what will happen in the future in order to prevent the worst case scenario. You know, but I wonder, because here's the thing that we've learned since Donald Trump lost the election, is that these places, these, you know, the Pentagon, the FBI, the CIA, they play follow the leader. The president of the United States, the vice president, right? They say, we're going to war. We need to go to war. What we have recognized through unpacking and unraveling what Trump was doing is that everyone just follows the leader. And so is if Colin Powell were to walk into the Pentagon, is he giving any other, is he going to really get any other information than what? the president and the vice president, right, want him to have, then then the then the secretary of state wants him to have, the secretary of defense, excuse me, wants him to have, right? Like, are, 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 are we assume, we're, we assume that these people act as individuals and we, we recognize now they function like a fucking gang. So I, I don't know I, I, if, they, if they're selling a lie that there's a person to stand up and be like, 
hey, Colin, you know, that ain't right. Like it's it's not really happening. It's you know, they're making it up. I just I don't see that. I, I mean, I don't know. I think any Colin Powell over anybody could have gotten there. We're, you and I are not going to figure this question out right now. But what do we make of his legacy that he did some amazing things um, in becoming a four-star general, in leading us through uh, multiple wars in a very, let's say, efficient Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on way in terms of the gulf war um uh, that that sought to minimize the loss of life um he was a critical part in architecting don't ask don't tell when that was a great compromise for gay and lesbian soldiers um in the military you know he was we've already said a valuable a valuable part, a just part of the attempt to bring the Republican Party back from the insane brink. And yet there's this massive mark on his record. Mm -hmm. You helped lie us into the Iraq war that led to many, many Iraqi people dying and families being wrecked. Um, you know, what, what do we make of his legacy because of that? I don't know. I, I think that the good, the series of first, first that he ushered in for black Americans, I think it, I think it will outweigh, you know, the, it will outweigh the, the, the warmonger title that some are trying to place on him. You know, uh, I think that the dignity, the respect that he commanded, um, you know, his charisma. I mean, I used to like watching him like, and I was like a teenager and I used to like watching and listening to him. So I, I, I think that he is remembered, you know, for, for what we, what we don't have, 
anymore is like people with character and true patriotism and, you know, and courage and valor, like all of those words, you know, that kind of now fall on non-listening ears. I think that, you know, he will be remembered in that fond way because we've moved so far past it. He is a statesman from a, like, from what seems like a forgotten time. And I think that he will be remembered as such. He will be remembered as such. A lot of people criticized me on Twitter and social for not making a bigger deal. A lot of people want to really just locate him and you helped us get into the Iraq war. There's a, there's there, the, the anger around the Iraq war remains very tangible on the left. We were angry about it before we were angry about it shortly after. And I feel like now even people who did not really live through the Iraq war are still mad about the Iraq war. And I share their sentiment and it is, you know, I think you have to come down to like people have complex lives and two things can be true at once. Yeah. And he made a huge mistake and he was part of, he was a central part of one of the greatest, largest mistakes in mm. a modern American foreign policy. And yet, at the same time, he also did some great things in many other areas. And I think, you know, you can say that about many people, that this was terrible, this was great, both things can be true. I think in modern culture... You know, there's no nuance. It's either one thing or the other. We love you or we hate you. And that's not really, that's not really human. Humans are complicated. You live on the public stage for several decades. You know, you're going to get messy. And his messy is very problematic. But he also did some great things and was part of some great things. And his legacy is both. You know, I kind of wish to, you know, one of like one of those sliding door moments is I wonder where we would have been if Colin Powell think, did who run. Think, who who you think saw that movie? Come on now. I it's love been that a long movie. Ass. It, I love it's that been movie. a long time. You're going to have to unpack what I that means. A-, a lot of people are going to It's movie. a 90s like fucking movie, movie with Gwyneth Paltrow about two different versions of life that happens when she gets on a train and then misses it. And I use it all the time. Um, but I wonder, I, I wonder, would a Barack Obama have happened? Would his path have been easier? Would he have even become president if Colin Powell ran against Bill Clinton, the numbers, you know, the initial polling show Bill Clinton didn't wouldn't st- have stood a chance, you know, next to a hard Colin to Powell. Initi- hard to go on the initial polling, right? I mean, uh, however, uh, you know, the thing I think about is 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 what would it look like as we're continually making the case the Republican Party is inherently racist. And they're like, yeah, but we gave you your first black president. First black president. <laughs> like, oh, ah! shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I but thought I want, for like, a long but, time, but, I thought, but here, I thought would the that first have, black president would be a Republican, a Republican? 
who we hated, some sort of like Clarence Thomas type. And we were uh-huh. like, yeah, that's not what we were talking about. That's not what we were dreaming about. They're like, yeah, but we gave you a black president. That's what you said you but wanted. We gave it- ain't, he, ain't he black too? Like, not really. But no, we, we obviously ended up with somebody who we are incredibly proud of. Um, but And we would have been proud, I think, of Colin Powell. At least at the at the at the start, at the onset. You know, God only knows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God only knows yeah. what the presidency would have been, and the presidency dirties up everybody as the challenges start to roll in. But I, 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 if Colin Powell had become the first black president, I would have been just as proud as the moment when Obama became president. As I opposed yeah, to I, I think a Clarence I, I, Thomas, yeah. a Condoleezza Rice getting it, and it would have been like, ah, it's not what uh, we were talking about. But I wonder, you know, too, with how racist the Republican Party is, like, if that would have been like the flea, you know, they would have fled the party. Like, we're not voting for We're not voting for that man. Right. And they it would have been like a restructuring of the Republican Party. I don't know. But I, I mean, I would have been proud at the onset. But if it was just going to be a continuation of Bush's policies, then, you know, he it would just be proud that he's a black man and he's a Jamaican. And then I would have been done with it because you would have <laughs> continued with the same bullshit that any other Republican would have done. You know, um, I, I mean, I don't think we can we, we can think that 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 Colin Powell would have been massively different, uh, you know, than others. I mean, like, look, if if Colin becomes president, then George W. Bush does not become president. Mm-hmm. And if George mm-hmm. W. Bush doesn't become president, the Iraq war never happens because that was mm-hmm. a lot of that was about you tried to kill my father. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. And you know, I mean, I think that Colin, the the Powell doctrine, the notion that we're going to marshal public support and then use overwhelming force so that the conflict is quick, rather than what the hell quagmire we did in Iraq which made it last forever and made it far worse for everybody involved, um, Powell would not have done that. But, you know, I mean, in general, I am nervous about the notion of a soldier or a general. Becoming president. Yeah. Becoming the president, you know, because he's supposed to look at everything through the lens of war and the military would we have been in more conflicts because he's like well you know this is this is this is how we solve problems i don't i don't know i don't know i mean without generals in in place we have been in fucking 20 year wars <laughs> so you know I, like i, mean, I just I, about, I, I have no idea i mean i think about that the pentagon or or our our in our in this idea is not an original idea for me but the the our military complex should the top person should be a non-military person because they will not be thinking let's go to war they're thinking let's not go to war they're you know when a soldier is like well of course let's pull out the guns and kill them like i just you know i it, just in in thinking about that, because there's another show that I that I actually do watch on Amazon Prime, and I you know we what have a, de- a department. It's um, the Expanse, and it's essentially a geopolitical like 
sci-fi, you know, we're, we're in space now and we take all of our bullshit problems there. Um, but it's like, instead of just having a department, a department of defense, that there's actually a department of peace that there is like, and they have to, and they, and they have to come together to decide whether or not like we're going to go to war or we're going the diplomatic route, but it's like, that's how you do it. And it's just so absurd to think about the fact that that is just in fiction that we have no, like we have ambassadors and diplomats and all of these things, but we don't have people that are strictly working on diplomatic, like resolve, right. And how we create peace in places. Like we just have people that are specific about what drone we should use and where we should blow people up. And that's where we put all our no, energy I, I, and our money. You I digress. Me of I think that, you Amy- know, the, the reality is you're right. Colin Powell is human. And we need to remember when people pass away all, you know, the, the full, the fullness of who they were, the good and the bad. And I think that we always rush to erase the bad things because, oh, bringing up the fact that he was one of the people that ushered us into war is somehow disparaging his memory when it is a part of who he was, right? It is a part of, you know, his complex career. And I think that it, it does a disservice, you know, to try and just, you know, poo-poo or sweep that under the rug and pretend it didn't happen when it was an instrumental part of how different polit- politicians came up after, you know, that war happened. Um, so I think it's important to remember the entire person and not just what makes us feel good. No, I think that's fair. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. You sang your name this week? I'm Danielle Moody. Well, yeah, we're ending the show, so we should tell them who we are. Um, We'll be back next week if... I don't know. I don't, you know, folks, just keep hanging on. Like if, if what, I don't even want to put that energy out there because things just don't seem great. Mm -hmm.